Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. We are going to have a wonderful guest on tonight, Reggie Littlejohn. Uh, Reggie is part of a group that she founded called Women's Rights Without Frontiers. We're going to talk a little bit about, it's kind of an odd name. We're going to figure out how she got there. But there's so much going on right now uh, with the UN, with the World Health Organization. And we're going to talk about that, some of the things we need to be aware of. So uh, Reggie graduated from Yale. And she is well-versed on many topics. In fact, we could probably talk for several hours tonight and not run out of things to talk about. Human rights, the pro-life movement, China, uh, the Communist Party, many others. But tonight she's gonna be updating us on the current situation regarding the UN and the World Health Organization. And she was uh, watching that in New York and had an event up there. So we're gonna figure out what all um, she's gonna fill us in on. So Reggie, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I know you've spearheaded a new initiative that I've been so blessed to be a part of the Sovereignty Coalition um, and also co-founder of Stop the Vaccine Passports Task Force. Um, She knows our dear friend, Frank Gaffney, and we just have a lot of the same running buddies. So Reggie, it's really good to have you here. Welcome to World Prayer Network. Need you to unmute, honey. Thank you so much, Pam. I'm really delighted to be here. Yeah. Hey, and listen, don't worry about that. A Zoom doesn't start until we have to tell somebody to unmute. It's just like one of those unwritten rules. So I'm glad you start. You got that done so early. We're so glad. So, you know, Reggie, I, it's so funny. I've known you for many years. I've known you. Um, you came to the State Department when I was there and we worked together some. But how in the world? Did did you come to this? And what is this women's rights without frontiers? I always thought that was kind of a, to be honest, Reggie, just between you and me, we'll have everybody not listen to this part. I thought it was kind of a weird name. So tell us about how you got there and and, and what brings you here. No, it's a totally weird name, Pam. I okay, mean, good, good. Okay, you know, you're not the only one. I wish I had named my organization something else that's much easier. But the way that this happened is... Um, I am an attorney. I was, I'm a graduate of Yale Law School. I was representing um, Chinese refugees uh, and their cases for political and the asylum in the United States. And the first one was forcibly sterilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in the mid 90s. So she was literally dragged out of her home and ha- just, um, just strapped to a table and they performed a tubal ligation with no anesthesia. Oh. Um, so, and she got, she was permanently disabled after that. So long story short, I ended up leaving the, the, um, the practice of law. I founded Women's Rights Without Frontiers because um, in China, it's a woman's right. I, I, I was trying to stand for women's rights in China. And in China, the, the, it was my, I was standing for the woman's right to have her baby, okay? Because under the one-child policy, if you don't have, and especially at that time, if you didn't have a birth permit, you, you know, you were forcibly aborted up to the ninth month of pregnancy. Um, and some of these forced abortions were so violent that the women themselves died along with their full, full-term babies. And then, then um, after I, uh, uh, you know, founded Women's Rights Without Frontiers, I also learned about um, women who are being pressured by their families to abort baby girls. So this is not the government doing it, it's the family doing it. 
And so even though forced abortion in China is waning under the three-child policy, gender side or the sex-selective abortion of baby girls continues, and Women's Rights Without Frontiers is the only organization in the world with boots on the ground inside of China, field workers who are actively saving baby girls from uh, well, from, from abortion, sex-selective abortion, but then now more often neglect and also having, having been pressured to be given away to other families, especially second daughters and even third daughters under the three-child policy. And um, so, it's a, you know, to me, it's a woman's right to, ha- to give birth to her daughter. It's a girl's right not to be selectively aborted. And then in the same area, um, we found a bunch of many, many abandoned widows who I call the invisible um, the 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 invisible victims of the one child policy. They don't have any family to support them, and a lot of them are are, are really destitute. They're lonely. They're abandoned, and some are even committing suicide. So we are helping them as well. We're giving them twenty five dollars a month in the Chinese countryside. It's a lot of money, and it's keeping and and we visit them every month. So that's how I came up with the women's rights without frontiers. Um, it's interesting. I wanted to name it women's rights in China, but that name was already taken. So I named it Without Frontiers, which is good because we've expanded to Uganda and we're saving widows in Uganda now. And also it leaves the door open to me doing things like I rec- because of my history um, dealing with coercive population control in China, I was able to see the Chinese style uh, totalitarianism metastasizing basically to the United States and the world through the World Health Organization and the United Nations. And that's why with Frank Gaffney, I, I co-founded the Stop Vax Passports Task Force and the Sovereignty Coalition. So that brings us up to date about with the UN, the UNGA meeting, United, United Nations General Assembly meeting. Well, that's good to know. Now I, you know, next time I see you, I won't be secretly thinking that is the weirdest name for a nonprofit. So, hey, Reggie, before we get off today, and can you just right now, if somebody wants to know more about what you do, how do they find you? Okay, so please follow me if you're on Getter at Real Reggie Little John. If you want to know more about saving babies and widows in China and coercive population control, Go to womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org, womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. And um, and then, you know, if you want to know more about um, the digital gulag that is that is coming down between um, digital IDs and central bank digital cur- currencies, the Stop, Va- Stop Vax Passports, stopvaxpassports.org has the best set of webinars in the world, in my opinion, on the whole constellation of subjects regarding that. And you've been on several of them, Pam. Um, And then if you want to help protect American sovereignty and our personal medical freedom, go to the Sovereignty Coalition. So those are the three websites that I'm involved with. Okay, well, thank you for that. And so uh, Reggie and I met, um, I was doing a lot of things at state before I ended up as acting assistant secretary for international organizations. So the topic we're gonna talk about tonight is pretty near and dear to my heart because the World Health Organization um, has never been the darling of the party, and uh, they've, they've never been well-behaved children either. And last week, or I guess now two weeks ago, Reggie, it, it actually goes on for a little while, but there's this thing called the United Nations General Assembly. It happens every September in New York. We call it the UN prom, and it's um, just about as sophomoric at times. But there were some really serious things discussed this year. And I know we're concerned as the US, um, I think especially as conservatives, 
that the World Health Organization has really overstepped its bounds. They, um, they don't treat our allies well. They um, are, as Reggie has alluded to, going after our sovereignty. And so Reggie, if you could do like just maybe a few minutes, give us the, um, give us the cliff notes on what we know, need to know about the WHO and then talk about this latest, their latest shenanigans, which they're always up to shenanigans, but the latest take all of our sovereignty shenanigan. Okay, so the World Health Organization um, started, you know, long ago, and it was it was very innocent. It was sort of like they cared about clean water and polio, but they have become this this organization that now is basically has takes heavy funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates uh, Foundation and CEPI, which are both, um, you know, connected to to vaccines. Um, and they have always been an advisory body. And through these international health uh, re regulation amendments, they want to strike um, out the words non-binding and become a, um, they want to become a, a regulatory body and, and be able to tell the world exactly how to help any crisis, any, any health crisis. And because they are compromised, in my opinion, by their, by, um, their funding by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and CEPI, which is, is also you know, connected with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They're, they're compromised. So they're pushing vaccines and meanwhile, they're funded by people who are making a lot of money off of vaccines. That is a direct conflict of interest. So um, that, in my opinion, that should be illegal. I mean, they, you know, they shouldn't be pushing stuff that their funders, that they're gonna be making their funders a whole lot of money, but it, it, it's legal, they're doing it. And they've come up with these international health regulations, which will make what they say binding. So if they decide in the next pandemic that everybody has to have a vaccine, they will be able to mandate vaccines. They'll be able to mandate um, masks and, and lockdowns. Um, and we will have no choice but, but to follow them. Um, and also they have something in there in, in the pandemic treaty. So there's two instruments that they are negotiating. They're both gonna come up for a vote in May of 2024. Um, and they have something called One Health. And that's One Health has to do with the connection between human health, animal health, plant health, and the environment. And what they want to do is, is they want to be prepared for any kind of a health issue that comes up in any one of these areas. So they want to be able to surveil everyone in all of these areas all over the world. They want to build this enormous surveillance structure that's going to require all of us to have a digital ID. And this is something that, you know, that they're pushing, that the World Economic Forum is pushing, that the United Nations is pushing, the Bank of the International Settlements, they're all pushing these this digital ID. And it's a very dangerous thing. It can, it, it can um, support the same platform as the China social credit system, which is a tool of mass surveillance and totalitarian control. And they also want um, nations to agree to censor mis what they call misinformation and disinformation, but it's basically any information that disagrees with what they're saying. And so what happened at UNGA um, this past week is they had a very high level meeting between the United Nations and the World um, Health Organization. They wanted to pass something called a political declaration. Uh, they wanted to pass it through something called a silence procedure, um, which 
means that if a country doesn't object, it's deemed to agree with it. And what and what this was was to build momentum, political momentum behind passing these two instruments I just described to you. So the the amendments to the international health regulations and the pandemic treaty, which would lead to a situation of complete um, enslavement of humanity. So fortunately, eleven countries objected. Um, so they, but they, but even though they objected, so that even though the silence procedure didn't work, they still um, were able to 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 um, just get out their propaganda, saying that it, it that it was uh, that it was agreed to. But the only person who agreed to it was the president of UNGA. That was it. Um, so they sent they sent out the same press release that they would have if if they had passed it through the through the um, silence procedure, but they just. You know, they said it was it was passed by the president of Anga, but the point was it was it was a it was propaganda. It was a PR move, and they were able to get their PR move, even though their attempt to get this passed through the science procedure failed. Failed. You know, it's so funny, Reggie. You think about the WHO and their handling of COVID, which was not stellar. It's no. an understatement, folks. Um, but that's not the first time they failed. I mean, it was on Ebola. It was on AIDS. They've never done really great work. And yet here we are, many people, including um, the current administration, wanting to hand over all of our health uh, data, our health records. Um, and basically what you said with this digital ID, uh, by the way, Reggie, do they all end in 666? You know, I mean, <laughs> this, seriously, this is right. This is the kind of things that we um, can look to come from them. Uh, well, I mean, the only the only thing I know that um, that ends in six six six, I believe, is the patent to something that's called luciferase, um, which is I, I I understand it's used somehow in the vaccines. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, so let me. So you mentioned the digital ID. Let me let me just um, we we need to resist the march towards dig, digital IDs and central banks digital currencies. So the digital ID, if you go onto the World Economic Forum, or actually, if you just go on Google and, and Google digital ID um, and, and do a, a, an image search, you'll get the image from the World Economic Forum where you will see that all the things that they want you to have to have a digital ID in order to do. So you will have to have a digital ID to uh, access health care, to access government services. So if you are on Medicare or Medicaid or, or Social Security, you will have to have a digital ID to access that. To travel, to buy anything, to sell anything. I mean, they, they are making this so that you basically cannot function as a human being unless you have this digital ID. And meanwhile, this these digital IDs can be used to surveil every aspect of your life. So, um, and you, and you can buy that much got this in China now, right, Reggie? Oh yeah, yeah. So we can we can already see how it works in China. So in China, what they do is they have digital IDs, and they and everything is tracked. So you've got um, your vaccination status, you've you've got your your entire medical history, your criminal history, all your internet search history, your internet spending history, your social media posts. Um, real-time geolocation so they know where you are uh and then on um, facial recognition they know what you look like so let's say that you do something they don't like like let's say that you search for tiananmen square massacre right they don't want you searching for that they don't want you to even know about that 
um, your social credit score will go down. But let's say that, that you have refused to be vac vaccinated. They then they can just they, they've tied it to people's credit cards and bank accounts, so they just turn your money off. So you will not be able to buy anything. And and if people think that that can't happen in the West, it already did happen. It happened in, in, with the Canadian uh, truckers and the people who donated for them. That you know the the Trudeau administration didn't like that they were protesting vaccine mandates, and so they just severed them from their bank accounts and credit cards. So this has already happened. They have the technology to make this work. So this is combined with central bank digital currency. All right. So um, this, and which is coming down quickly. I mean, we've got this thing called Pet Fed Now, which is a, which is a, which is a pre precursor to it. It provides the infrastructure for it, but Central bank digital currencies are the opposite of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is is just it's very private. You can it's not controlled by the government. The government can't doesn't know you know what you're buying. Um, so the central bank digital currency will in, in the United States will go through the Federal Reserve, and so what it means is that the Federal Reserve will know everything you're buying. But not only that, and everything you're trying to sell, but but they will also know where you are when you're buying it. They will know where you know what store you're in. Um, who you're buying it from, uh, and they will, they will, it's programmable so that if you are not a good sheep, um, they can, they can turn your money off. So let's say that, they, that the government is having a big vaccination campaign for the next pandemic, and you are, you don't want to get the vaccine, that particular one, they can just turn your money off. It's like, okay, you won't get vaccinated, you know, have fun trying to pay your rent or trying to buy food because we're turning your money off, you know? And there's less extreme things that they can do. Like it'll be tied to your medical history. So let's say you have high cholesterol, you go to the McDonald's to buy, you know, something and it, it, your, your money doesn't work there because, you know, because they are trying to control your cholesterol. Or let's say that, um, let's say it's a difficult day for climate, like there's too much smog in the air. They can make everybody's uh, money not work outside of their home because they're making sure that everybody stays home, you know? Or let's say that, funny, that Reggie, five to yeah. ten years ago, if you had said this, we would all have gone cuckoo. You know, don't pay right. attention to Reggie. But, right. but we have seen this. We've seen a lot of vestiges of this in our own country already. And I think when the last president, when President Trump tried to withdraw from the World Health Organization, well, he did withdraw from the World Health Organization, and then this current administration got right back in it when they went in to power, I think it also almost emboldened them. And it's funny, because as you're talking, it's almost like reading the book of Revelation, you know, in reverse. It's like they're actually helping to advance the end times, if you will, by some of these things. But you, you talk about the One Health and the treaties. There will be people that say, well, that can't happen here, Reggie, because treaties have to be approved by our Senate. Or One Health couldn't really happen here because we have HIPAA. What would you say to those people? Well, in terms of the treaties and having to be passed by the Senate, we are all calling this a pandemic treaty because it is, in fact, a treaty. It, it, it impacts national sovereignty because what they want to do is they want to control. They want to tell us how to handle our own domestic affairs about health or climate change. The climate change one is, is we haven't even talked about that. That's the, another one that's up by the United Nations. Um, and, and, but so they're, they're doing everything they can to not call it a treaty. So 
the international health regulations are amendments to regulations. They are in fact a treaty because they also affect our sovereignty, but they're calling them amendments to regulations to subvert the Senate process. And then they're calling the pandemic treaty an instrument or a framework or whatever they want to call it, but they're not calling it a treaty to try to, sub to subvert the, the Senate process. So mm -hmm. Senator Johnson about, I think it's, I don't know how many months ago now, maybe six months, maybe eight, eight months, he uh, sponsored a bill or an amendment in the Senate saying any instrument, any treaty coming out of the World Health Organization can only be operationalized in the United States on the advice and consent of the Senate. And the Senate itself voted it down. So the senators, you know, we don't have protections if the senators are not going to do their jobs, or, you know, and so we can't, we can't expect somebody else to save us. We can't expect the Senate to save us. We need to save ourselves. And um, if you don't mind, I'll just point out that we have, uh, you can take action either on the Sovereignty Coalition website or on the Stop Vax Passports website. Um, and, you know, if you take action, your email will go to your legislators and then some of them will go to the government, governors and et cetera, um, the Biden administration, Health and Human Services. Um, and, and this is a way that you can let them know that this is not OK. We have to resist and we have to do it right to them and let, let them know that we are resisting and that we don't want this because otherwise it's just going to come down. So let us be clear, Reggie, they don't care about HIPAA. They don't care about our sovereignty. The WHO wants to subvert all of that. And this is part of this whole um, one world, you know, globalism, which again, a few years ago, people would be like, oh no, that's not a real thing. But I think we've seen enough evidence of it now that we know that it's a real thing. Uh, the fact that the WHO won't allow any uh, testimony or representation from Taiwan, it shows who they're answering to. And um, even though Tedros is from Ethiopia, he has a lot of ties with the Chinese. And uh, it's, you know, like I said, they, they don't have a great track record. And it, it, I also wonder, Reggie, um, my gut is the threshold for what's a pandemic is going to be much lower in the future. Oh, right. So actually there's- Like the allergies, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's allergy season. Oh, oh that's a pandemic. Yeah. Right. So, so this is the thing. Another thing in the international health regulations is that it doesn't have to be a real uh, pathogen or, or a pandemic. It just has to be a, um, a possible pandemic. So yes, it, it, the threshold is way lower and it also doesn't have to affect humans. It could affect animals or plants or the environment. And I also want to mention this, okay? I, I want to get over to the United Nations because what they're doing is equally threatening, okay? So I'm, I'm holding this document that has a catchy title. It's called our common agenda policy brief to strengthening the international response to complex global shocks and emergency platform. I'm just going to call it the emergency platform. Okay. Um, so the, here's the document. What they want, the United Nations, what they want is they want to have emergency powers. This is an emergency platform that will operationalize automatically in the uh, in the event of any of these possible future um, complex global shocks. So any any major like climatic event, so climate change, um, then cyberspace or a global digital connectivity disruption, a major event in outer space, outer space, or an unforeseen black swan event. So a black, a black swan event is any major event that, that, is, that, is, that is unexplained and terrible. Um, so 
so basically, the World Health Organization wants to install a one world government under them for health, and the United Nations wants to do the same thing for climate change, outer space, unforeseen black, um, you know, uh, black swan events. So between the two of them, they want complete control. They want to be able to assert complete control over all, all a world, a one world government. Um, for anything that they want to call an emergency, whether it's an emergency or not, in the United States or in the universe. And so the good news, like you said, there are things we can do. This isn't a done deal. This is the old, um, you know, call your congressman. And, and I know a lot of us almost tend to think of that as not effective. But I will tell you, having been a chief of staff on the Hill, we pay attention to those letters and those cards. So it's, it's worth us paying attention to. Reggie, we're also gonna do something else that is effective and that's we're gonna pray into this because God is not scared of the WHO. His arm is not too short to reach down to the UN. And we've got some ways um, in addition to the great work that you and so many are doing, but we're gonna ask Kevin, heaven, not Kevin, although Kevin's going to talk to us in a little bit too, but we're going to ask Kevin to intercede for us. Um, one of our dear friends on the World uh, Prayer Network, Jody Woods, has done an acrostic with the WHO, which is watch heaven overthrow. And that's what we, isn't that great? Watch great. heaven overthrow. And that's what we're going to do. So Reggie, we thank you so much for the work you're doing. You know, I, I think about, um, the scripture in James, uh, pure undefiled religion, you take care of widows and orphans and the fact that you have cared for what so many people consider the least of these, but in God's sight are such precious people. Every single one of those people that you mentioned are Jesus died for them. So it's just so important, the work that you're doing and we're so grateful. So would you let us, um, you're welcome to stay on. We're gonna uh, go to uh, prayer time in just a minute, but we just thank you so much, Reggie, for your heart and your mind and, and just your work that you've done. Well, it's an honor to be here and thank you for your prayers. They are the most important thing that we have, you know, our, our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Um, and, and we need a lot of prayer because we are up against, you know, dominions and principalities. We do not fight against flesh and blood. And um, it's, 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 it's going to require a lot, a lot of, of prayer and sacrifice, even fasting. So yeah. Um, so thank you. And, and one thing I, I request, if I, if, I could, if I could make a prayer request is, is um, for people to pray for, um, for my network in China, that God will continue to hide them under the shadow of his wing. We've been doing this now. It's a 10 year anniversary of saving baby girls and widows in China. And we've had no encounters with the authorities and that's because of prayer. So if you could pray for yeah. that, that would be great. Okay. Praying for your network in China to continue being hidden. I love that. I love that. Well, he's, he loves, um, he loves children and I know he loves to protect them too. So Reggie, thank you so much. And just remember that anytime you get discouraged, little Reggie, just remember, just watch heaven overthrow. I and love it. Right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too.
Thank you for listening to the Well-Versed Podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.